Hall of Fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. Welcome back to the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's episode is the 88th episode, and we're going to do a draft special. I'm going to bring on a colleague from 24-7 Sports onto the podcast, Josh Gershon, and we did a, a deep dive into really the top 10 prospects, or who we deem as the top 10 prospects in next year's NBA draft. We did a, a breakdown of R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson and examined them pretty closely, and, and as well as talked about Nazir Little, Romeo Langford. Bull Bull and a handful of other guys you'll want to stick around for that conversation before we get to it I want to make sure that you are subscribed and supporting the sidelines podcast the best way to do that is to shoot over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app hit the subscribe button for me would it also be helpful if you leave a rating and leave a review you can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram the handle is at Evan Daniels would love to know what you think about the podcast Without further ado, let's jump to that conversation and NBA breakdown with Josh Gershon. It's time to go minimum with Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now let's welcome in a close friend and a colleague from 24-7 Sports, Josh Gershon, to the sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. Josh, how are you, buddy? Great. Thanks for having me as always. Of course. Let's jump right in. This podcast is going to take a deep dive into really the top 10 picks or who we're projecting as the top 10 picks in next year's NBA draft. And this is really a down group. When you look at this crop as a whole, there's not a lot of depth in this draft class, at least at this stage. And, you know, from talking to NBA executives, it seems like the lists after, you know, 10, 11, 12 spots really vary. What's your take when you look at the prospects in this upcoming draft? I think this is looking like the draft we expected it to be entering college basketball season. Uh, unfortunately, there haven't been the amount of stock raisers to the point where you could say there are guys that are entering the top five discussion that weren't necessarily there a few months ago. There's definitely been players that have improved their stock to, to lottery range, but the class as a whole is not even close compared to 2018. And, of course, that's what we were expecting uh, heading into this year. For sure. And I do think there was a guy that was starting to inch his way up to potential maybe top five pick status. That was Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. And then he has a knee injury that forces him to the sideline for the rest of the season. And, you know, unfortunately for him, I think it probably stunts where he could have possibly gone because I think he's the best point guard prospect, which obviously there's value there because of his change of pace and speed and all that. But when you're injured and guys can't see you play, you only get to play four or five games during a season, it doesn't benefit you. Obviously, I completely agree with what you said. The crop is down. And there's been a couple guys that have kind of moved their way up the list, like a Lou Gwentz Dort from Arizona State and a Casey Okapala from Stanford. You know, I think that they're kind of flirting in that lottery range. But overall, the group is just really lacking depth. And I even think it's lacking star power. Yeah, for sure. I think there's probably a little bit of separation at the top with the top two picks and RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson right now. I, I think they've probably separated themselves at this stage of the season behind the next group, which would definitely include, you know, Cameron Reddish and Nasir Little, maybe Bull Bull. But it doesn't look like anyone is inching their way to that top tier. And if you look at the last draft, there were a whole lot of guys in, in the same range as a Zion Williamson and an R.J. Barrett. And this class just doesn't have that right now. 
No, it really doesn't. I mean, even a guy in Jaron Jackson, I think, would probably be far and away the best prospect in this crop if he were you know, in this class, and obviously he's playing really well in the NBA. How tough, Josh, do you think is it to pick number one right now? Obviously, you and I both agree that RJ and, and Zion Williamson have kind of separated themselves and are kind of in a tier of their own. But it, it seems, you know, they're very different players, and I think they bring completely different things to the table. I think at this stage, it's very tough to pick between the two. Zion, I think, probably has more upside, but RJ may be the safer pick. Yeah, RJ does so many things well, and, and they both do. They're very different players, and they're both very versatile. I think they're both very safe picks. They both have really high floors. They both have key areas to work on if they're going to be the superstars that NBA teams are going to hope for out of number one and number two picks. Obviously, the Zion Williamson hype has been extreme, and for good reason. He's, you know, blown away college basketball with his unique set of, of physical tools. Just an unbelievably insane freakish athlete. You know, someone we haven't seen at his size and, and weight. I mean, he's really unique. But you know, RJ Barrett has, has proven what he can do at the highest level that he can play outside of the the NBA for years, and he's having an excellent. Season. I, I know that it, many people assume that Zion Williamson is just a no-brainer uh, number one pick, but I guessing there are a lot of organizations that are looking at R.J. Barrett very seriously at that top pick as well. Yeah, I completely agree, and I, I think R.J. is who you and I decided to put number one on the current big board. Obviously, there's a long ways to go. That could change 10 times before we get to the draft in June, but I think R.J. is the safest of the two right now. I think his scoring ability is so impressive. He's got good size for a shooting guard in the NBA at 6'6", fine length. I think he's improved as an athlete over the course of the past two or three years. And the area that I think really helps upgrade him as a, a player and a prospect is the improvement as a shooter. This is a kid that that was kind of always more his weakness. Right now, he's shooting 37% from three on quite a few attempts, 59 attempts through 10 games. And I think that that's an area he's going to continue to improve. We know that he'll put in the time and the, the effort and the work. And I think you could think back to a, a guy like Jason Tatum, who we knew he always had good mechanics and he always had a good work ethic. And he slowly improved over the course of a couple years. And then he gets in the NBA and he's shooting it better than he ever has. I think that could be a similar scenario we see with R.J. Barrett. And obviously those two are two different players, but I think their makeup is a little similar in terms of how they were raised in basketball. I mean, R.J. Barrett has been raised to be a professional basketball player since he was in eighth or ninth grade. That's because of his dad and his dad's experience and his godfather being Steve Nash. And this dude's been the face of Canada basketball for a long time, and they've really you know, raised him in a professional way. And I think he's going to continue to improve. But it's not just a scoring, Josh. You know, he's a good rebounder, uh, over seven rebounds a game. He can pass. And I think he's a two-way guy. Like, I think he can defend the ball, too. Yeah, absolutely. He's a guy that can guard at least two positions at the next level, or very possibly three. Look, if you told me entering the season, and there's still a long way to go, let's, let's see where he finishes things out. But if you told me he was going to average 37% from three, I would say he was going to be probably a no-brainer number one pick. The, the fact that he has show that progress as a shooter and it's not a no-brainer just shows you know how far Zion Williamson has come and, and proven himself as a high-level NBA prospect to put himself right there uh, next to him and maybe ahead of him. 
For sure. And, and obviously, when you talk about Zion Williamson, you, you talk about his athleticism. And I think he's the most unique prospect that I've ever scouted. Josh, right up there is the most athletic. I think certainly vertically, he's the most athletic and explosive that I believe that I've evaluated in high school. And when you look at his frame, it's crazy to see him jump the way he can at 280 pounds and the, the just the pure strength. And I, I think some of the areas that I've seen him improve, you know, certainly his conditioning. He's in great shape. It's the best shape I've ever seen him in. I think he's probably a little bit better ball handler than I gave him credit for. And he's certainly a really good passer. And he's doing a better job than he did in high school in terms of rebounding and staying engaged. And maybe some of that was maybe he was just bored at times in high school. But I think he's also developed a little bit of a post game. And I, I think that that's an area that he's certainly shown improvement on so far. Right. Well, he, he has significantly improved his conditioning, and it's a whole lot easier to be engaged throughout an entire game when you're in the kind of shape he is. And compared to you know some of the times we saw him throughout his high school career when he was coming off injuries or for whatever reason, wasn't in the same shape that he is now. But he has improved his skill level. Uh, his body control is ridiculous at his size. A lot's been made of his jump stop, which is absolutely true. He's a much better passer than I, I think most people realize. The big thing with him is, is going to be continuing to improve as a three-point shooter. He, he's 14.3% from the perimeter as of now. That's long been an issue for him. As we know, it's been proven time and again that most people improve some substantially as shooters. I think he actually has improved in a lot of ways. There's been times where you know, he looks a lot more comfortable from three than he did throughout most of his high school career. So I think it's moving in the right direction. And maybe the percentage behind that stat isn't maybe reflective of what kind of shooter he probably is. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion that he has the most upside of anybody in this draft? If you're right about him, if he's able to maintain that kind of conditioning, if he can play 82 games plus a season at six foot six, 280 whatever pounds, as we've seen throughout his career, his upside is definitely absurd. But, you know, there's a lot that he's going to have to add to his game if he's going to meet his vast potential. And I think there are some reasonable questions about can you play that physical style of play throughout that many games a year over the course of years? What does that wear and tear do to your body? He's a freak of nature. It's very possible he can handle it. Look what LeBron's done from a health standpoint. So it's amazing he stayed as healthy as he can despite his size and weight and athleticism and his physical style of play. But at the same time, it's a reasonable question because it's not common. He's not common. He's a very unique player and it's a unique situation. I think you have to ask all questions as part of the evaluation. For sure. You know, I think one thing that I've kind of laughed at is all of the comparisons that have been thrown his way. I've heard Julius Randle. I've heard Charles Barkley. I've, I've heard a bunch. I don't think that he's similar to any player that I've scouted. I, I just think he's that unique. He's that different. And he's not a guy that you can put in a box. And he's just different across the board. We've never seen a guy at his size and kind of wide base that can jump the way 
that he can. He's just unique, and obviously the athleticism is very gifted. Broke Duke's record from max vertical, but then there's there's question marks like the shooting and his using his offhand around the basket. It's it's going to be a fun one to watch, but he's, he's certainly been really impressive to start the season, and I think it's pretty clear that as of today that R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson are the top two prospects in this draft. Let's move to that next tier, and I think this tier has maybe grown a little. You know, we had to start the season, we had Nazir Little up in the top three. Right now, we have Cameron Reddish three, Nazir Little four, Bol Bol five. Cam, and you and I have talked about this before, I think probably just based on his physical tools, he may have more upside than anybody in this draft, but there's some concerns in terms of him playing hard all the time, but at the same time, this is a kid that can really shoot the ball at six eight with long arms and, and impressive athleticism. I still think he's very safe. It's interesting to see the dynamic just because we're talking about potentially the top three picks in this draft all on the same college team. And look, Cameron Reddish kind of does have that third role. And one of the knocks against him is that he's comfortable not being the alpha, just being a, a piece to the puzzle, even if he's an elite prospect. It's one of the biggest – it's not a huge concern, but it is somewhat of a concern. If you're taking a player potentially number three, you, you hope he could be a guy that could be your number one option. And it's not that he doesn't have the talent to do it. He definitely does. At his size and athleticism, his shooting ability is amongst the best we've seen entering the draft in, in several years. But we've seen it time and again over the last several years. He is a player that tends to float. He doesn't – seem like a number one option a lot of the time and I think there's going to be a lot of NBA teams that are concerned about that as a potential number one or number two pick right I think that's and as you you just said it it's it's something that really has gone back to high school in terms of a concern I remember watching him score 50 plus points at a game it was actually last weekend of last year in DC scored 52 points I believe it was incredible made like eight or nine threes, he made plays at the rim, he was driving it, he was playing hard, he was rebounding, he was doing a little of everything, and he's really showing the whole package. And then saw him again later in high school, and, and he kind of reverted. So he, he just, he's so gifted and so naturally talented, and, and maybe that's why he tends to coast at times. And, and on this team, you're right, he is the third option, and R.J. Barrett is an alpha dog. He is going 10, 100 miles an hour at all times. That's, that's just who he is. He's, that's how he's wired. And Zion's really picked it up in that category too. So, so then you've got Cam, who's the third option, and you know sometimes that may allow him to to do a little floating. But at the end of the day, he is just so naturally talented. The physical tools, the shooting ability. Josh, before the season, Coach K told me he was the best shooter on their team. And what's crazy is R.J. Barrett is actually shooting at a higher clip than him right now. But if you take out the last two games that they've played where he was one of 14, he's shooting at around 43% through those first eight games. So he, he still had some really impressive moments, and I'm excited to see just kind of how he, he develops the, over the course of the rest of the, the, the season. The guy we had just after him goes to the Big Trio's rival school, North Carolina, and that's Nazir Little. We had him, I think, two entering the season. He's got him at four right now. And he's been an interesting case study. I think he's still a, a really good prospect, but hasn't maybe played the minutes maybe we thought he might heading into the season. Uh, but he's still been pretty productive, especially when you look at his per 
40 numbers. He's averaging over 11 points a game, just under five rebounds a game. What's your take on Nazir Little? You've been evaluating him for quite some time. And this is a guy that if you didn't see him until college, you didn't know that he made this big jump uh, between junior and senior years of high school and, and continued that throughout high school and uh, really matched up with Zion Williamson in the McDonald's game and uh, won MVP, and, and you could make a case he got the best of him. For sure. Well, Nasir Little, we saw over the course of his high school career just unbelievable improvement throughout uh, the last, especially last year or so. He came up as an undersized foreman, and that was his comfort zone, just rebounding a physical play around the basket, versatile defender, but still offensively more of an undersized four. And we saw over the last year him really add to his perimeter game, being a lot more comfortable, taking guys off the dribble. Uh, and, and shooting, and he's still not there. I, I think that we're maybe hoping for what we saw from him his last uh, few months of high school in terms of his perimeter play, uh, translating a little easier to, to college. It, it seems like his, his comfort zone is still much more inside, and, and as a 4-3, maybe more so than a 3-4, we were hoping uh, he was going to become, but everything is still there for him. He is, he is excellent physical tools very good size long arms uh, really athletic he he projects as a as a high level defender uh, at the at the nba level he's, he's a he's a tough kid i think he's very safe and i think he also has a really high upside especially given the improvement that we've seen from him and and i don't think he's shown the full package yet in terms of the transition that he has made into a perimeter player, and I think he's going to continue to get better there. Yeah, I agree, and I think one area that I've seen from watching North Carolina a couple times this year is he seems pretty comfortable shooting the ball from mid-range, whether that's pulling up off one dribble or making a spot-up jumper from the elbow. He's made a number of mid-range jump shots, and he seems very comfortable at that. He hasn't shot the ball great from threes, five of 20 from three, but I think that's an area he'll continue to improve. His mechanics are pretty good, and I think he's a worker. It's a guy that, that we've seen put in the time over the past couple years, and I, I think he obviously will at, at the next level as well. And I agree. He has all the physical tools. He plays hard. He, he's a good rebounder. And the truth is, Josh, you know this as well as anyone, the, the league is really looking for these versatile three fours that can defend multiple spots, that can stretch the floor with a jump shot. And he's not shooting a great clip now, but I think it's an area he'll continue to develop. But the, the league is starving for players that fit that mold. Right. He's very safe. It's hard to believe there's going to be an NBA anytime soon that doesn't have room uh, for a guy like Mr. Little uh, with a probably somewhat prominent role, uh, especially with his ability to defend it at, at such a high level uh, or his, his upside as a defender and the improvement, again, that we've seen from him offensively. So I think he's a very safe pick. He's got a great combination of high floor and very high ceiling. And a lot has been made about him coming off the bench in North Carolina. I don't think that's a very big deal. I I think we all know what kind of upside this kid has, and he's a very safe top five pick to me still. Yep, I I, I completely agree. Let's move our way to Oregon and Bull Bowl. He's having a pretty good season, 21 points, nearly 10 rebounds a game, shooting it at 52% clip from three. For a kid that stands 7-3, that's really impressive, 13 of 25 from three. But that's not something new. He did that his final summer in AAU. I think he was right around 50% playing with California Supreme. What have you seen from Bull Bull this year that's maybe different than what we saw in, in high school? Or is it pretty similar? 
Well, it's certainly impressive that he's been able to just take everything he did in high school and apply it to college, and there really hasn't been any any kind of uh, bumps along the road in terms of his transition. Like, he's just stepped right in. He's been pretty dominant, and we've always – not always. He, he wasn't as, – as an underclassman, you knew what he could be, and then he turned the corner and, and became an absolute elite prospect uh, over the course of, of his last two years uh, in high school. So this is a kid that hasn't always been as insanely productive as he is right now, but he continues to get better. He needs to put up ridiculous numbers. And look, I, I think the biggest questions with him are going to be, you know, the people around him who says he doesn't love basketball, that that's not really a secret. It's something that has dogged him for, for a long time. There's going to be questions about uh, his narrow frame. How much strength can he put on? Is he going to be able to defend laterally? And, those are questions that we just really aren't going to know until he gets to the NBA level. And certainly there's going to be so many things that he does well with his uh, elite measurements that you can see a handful of NBA teams thinking like, well, we have a number five that we're out of our mind. He should be a lot better than that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, he's, he's certainly a scenario where, he could end up higher than five. He could end up lower than five. He could get to the NBA and, and, and do some really good things. He could get to the NBA and, and go the other way because of all the question marks that, that you just said. There is there's is no denying his production at this point, what he did his senior year of high school, what he's doing his freshman year of college, the, the way he can score, the way he can protect the rim, the rebounding. But as you said, he's a polarizing prospect. He's a polarizing prospect among NBA scouts. He's going to be maybe the one 10 years from now that, that well, Zion Williamson's going to be really interesting to look back on too, but Bull Bull too, because he's just such a polarizing guy and uh, such a unique prospect. I, I don't think in my time uh, in the business, and I've been doing this full time for almost 12 years, and I was around a little when I was in college, but I don't think I've seen a guy at his size be able to shoot the ball the way he can. And even Lowry Markkinen could really shoot, but he was about seven feet. Bull Bull's pushing seven three. And to go with his freakish wingspan and the fact that he's not only really skilled on offense, but his upside as a, as a rim protector is extremely high as well. So even some of the, the things that he might give up on defense, not being great laterally and, and needing to add a substantial amount of weight, he's always going to be a very good rim protector. And, and it's natural for him because you just don't see guys that are, you know, seven, two with a, seven and eight wingspan that are as mobile and athletic as he is. He's just one of a kind in, in a lot of ways. And him, him and Zion having two guys like that that are so unique in, in the same class, like you said, it's going to be really interesting and, and, and fun to watch uh, for the next several years. For sure. Josh, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for jumping on the podcast and running through this with me. Anytime. Thanks for having me. This is Roy Williams. This year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. And you're living to the sidelines with Evan Daniels. would like to once again thank Josh Gershon for jumping on the Sidelines podcast. Before I let you guys go, I want to make sure that you are supporting the podcast. And the best way to do that is to go over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure that you leave a rating, a review, and you can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. Handle is at Evan Daniels. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.